Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the VCM Quick Strike for Monday, July 25th, 2022. Remember that outage in Canada a couple weeks ago from Rogers? Well, Twitter user Andre Tunk, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, had an excellent thread looking into what happened. He published this on the 23rd, and a link to the thread is in the show notes. According to his analysis of, an, of a report that Rogers submitted for a reply to the request for information by the CRTC, the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Con- Commission, the root cause was a route leak caused by the deletion of a route filter, which, according to Andre, said caused all kinds of havoc and quickly flooded the network. He goes on to note that these are prevalent causes of large-scale outages and that the route filters basically help control what routers should have what information. By flooding too much or the wrong information in the routers, network links can become overloaded. They can cause uh, routing loops and, as a result, outages. Now, he does know that, unfortunately, this is pretty easy to do. All it takes is a simple one-line deletion or reordering that can cause this. This is why these changes need to be double or even triple checked. And he seems to talk a little bit more as far as like change management broke down. I would encourage you, if you're interested in the follow-up, to read this thread. It's very well written and has a lot of, lot of useful information. Speaking of Twitter, from Bleeping Computer, hackers selling Twitter account data of 5.4 million users for 30,000 US dollars. These users range from celebrities to companies to randoms and so forth. Interested buyers have already approached the sellers of this information. A little bit of uh, detail from the report from Restore Privacy says, Quote, the vulnerability allows any party without any authentication to obtain a Twitter ID, which is almost equal to getting the username of an account of any user by submitting a phone number or email, even though the user has prohibited this action in the privacy settings. Now, Twitter hasn't confirmed the data breach, at least as of press time for Bleeping Computer, but Bleeping Computer did verify with some of the Twitter users listed in a small sample of data shared by the hacker that the private information, such as email addresses and phone numbers, was indeed accurate. So there'll be more to come on that, I'm sure, in the next weeks or so. Can't have a wrap-up or a quick strike without talking a little bit about ransomware, it seems. Venture Beat lets us know that ransomware attacks dropped 34% in Q2, but experts warn of a possible uptick. Now, this is not too much difference from what we've talked about beforehand. If there is an increase in ransomware activity later this year, CISOs have to have a strategy for hardening their organization's defenses. I think that that would be the case even if there wasn't an increase in ransomware next year. There's a lot of There's a lot of forecasting about will ransomware increase, will it decrease? We've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast recently. One theory is that the ransomware folks are taking the summer off, so to speak. Another one is geopolitical, and they're focusing more of their efforts on the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So 
I guess it's probably best to say that only time will tell. But regardless, prepare as if it's going to increase and hope that it'll decrease. Also from Bleeping Computer, digital security giant Entrust has confirmed that it suffered a cyber attack where threat actors breached their network and stole data from internal systems. Now, if you're not familiar with Entrust, they are a security firm focused on online trust and identity management, offering a wide range of services, including encrypted communications, secure digital payments, and ID issuance solutions. So definitely some serious security concerns there. Now, according to this article, customers were notified on July 6th of a breach that had apparently started, or rather that Entrust learned about on June 18th. It's then that they, quote, learned that an unauthorized party accessed certain of our systems used for internal operations. We have been working tirelessly to remediate the situation since that moment. Believing Computer has learned that a well-known ransomware gang is behind the attack. I'm sure that we're going to hear some more about this as time goes on. There's a link to an article in the show notes. Now, it's a little bit disturbing that since this company is, in fact, what their business is, is security. Of course, anybody can get dinged, but the fact that the disclosure at least from a public standpoint, had to occur after a security researcher was able to find out in some way, shape, or form that this breach had happened. The lack of transparency, uh, I don't think it's a good look, at least in the beginning stages of this, but we'll see how this plays out over the next few weeks as well. Finally, from VentureBeat, startups without a CISO, you are losing out on a big business opportunity. The article goes on to say that when evaluating the lack of cybersecurity leadership by size of organization, the smaller the organization, the more likely that organization is operating without a CISO or a CSO. Among the largest enterprises with 5,000 or more employees, only 10% indicated they did not have a CISO or CSO compared to mid-sized organizations at 52% and small organizations at 64 This is from a report called The State of Cybersecurity Leadership and Readiness from Navisite. So there are probably more details in there as to what they define mid-sized and small organizations. They do list three things that you need to do in order to make cybersecurity a profit driver. One of them is to create a culture of security from the ground up. I know this one is sort of a stumbling point for some folks because a lot of uh, small businesses and mid-sized businesses will respond, oh, I think we're fine with cybersecurity culture. But a lot of times that's not really the case. You find gaps in there. Expedite the go-to-market process. Well, in order to do that, you want to make sure that you're including information security and compliance and privacy while you're building your products as opposed to trying to bolt them on. And then Prevent technical debt is the third. And they list um, an interesting stat in here. And the, and the reason why it's interesting, I'm going to read this to you. You think to yourself, have you ever heard this? And then after the break, I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more about this statistic, which is research from the National Cybersecurity Alliance reveals that 60% of small and mid-sized businesses go out of business within six months following a cyber attack. We'll talk about that in 30 seconds. 
statistics can be very much a double-edged sword. While, of course, you need to have data in order to make some risk-informed decisions, what if that data is not entirely reliable? Or take it a step further. What if that data is not reliable at all? So the link in the article, according to this research, as to 60% of small businesses fold within six months of a cyber attack, links to an article from Inc.com. Now, just briefly looking through this article, I don't see exactly where Inc.com got that information. There's no follow-on, but it doesn't really matter because if you've been around in the cybersecurity field long enough, and if you've been paying attention, you'll know that for about the last, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven years, this statistic, and I put up air quotes, has been making the rounds. Now, the National Cybersecurity Alliance has already put out statements saying they never said this, there is no research for this. And yet, even to this day, this myth has been perpetuated over and over and over again. Now, that's not to say that a small or mid-sized business having a cyber attack is in danger of going out of business. Obviously, depending upon the attack, that could happen. But spreading FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, is bad enough. Spreading FUD that is based on a non-statistic that people keep on quoting and apparently referencing, but in, in a circular fashion, is very dangerous. So takeaway from this is that when you're reading articles and you see eye-popping statistics like that, maybe you should check it out a little bit further to see where did it come from? Is it biased? Is reliable? Is it true? And where does the train of references end? Because this one never ends at an actual research point. That's it for today. I hope you have a great week and stay secure.